Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with children's authors Angela and Charles Todd. They are the best-selling authors of the children's illustrated rhyming book, Money is Easy, the first of a four-book series from their created IP Money Mike and the gang, a new super cool cast of characters who reveal biblical secrets to success. For the Todds, kids taking hold of money management by the time they can read is a crucial part of becoming the lender and not the borrower. The couple are no strangers to living life in the fast lane, and that led to bankruptcy, divorce, and depression. Living a pseudo dream of running nightclubs, running from the IRS, and living in sin. All of that changed when they found out a baby was on the way. They have a fascinating story. Enjoy this interview. Thanks for rescheduling this. I appreciate you taking some time out today. Thank you for sure. And thanks for, you know, being in it. You're doing all these interviews and you're working it and it's awesome. You have so much content and the people you're interviewing are pretty awesome too. So takes one to know one, right? Oh yeah. 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 I love it. Yes. Yeah. It's wonderful. You know, the way I want to start this off here. As a husband and wife duo, I was actually going through my feed today, and I know a couple that sells real estate. I've often wondered how that dynamic works, you know, with, you know, living together, being together, and then working together. You have to have a pretty strong bond for that to be successful. Sure. So I'll start because we were once divorced, and then we got remarried, and that's a whole other testimony. So you're asking, what's it like to work together? live together, play together, be together, do everything together, well, you just got to pray. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a lot of learning how to communicate, right? Even though we work together and we have offices that are not too far apart from each other, you know, if I need something, I just ask him to text me or email me because that's the way I respond. Well, you know, the old analogy, they say that opposites attract. We're complete opposites, and I guess that's how we attracted. But from a business perspective, we have completely different strengths and weaknesses. So that works out well because we complement each other, you know, whether it's our real estate company, our foundation, whatever it is, we've got, you know, we cover both sides of the spectrum, really. The challenge, I think, with that, though, is that you have two different mindsets. So one's creative, one's logical. So those two personalities, those two characteristics, have a hard time understanding one another a lot of times. So you have to learn to, I think, live with a lot of grace and sometimes just kind of pick and choose what things are really important, which things you just let slide. Absolutely. It would seem as though, you know, getting divorced and getting back together, that that would be, that would make the bond that much stronger. There would be a better, better insight into how this would be healthy and ultimately survive in the most po best possible way. Yeah, and sometimes, you know, the, another analogy, I guess they say, you don't know what you have until you lost it or it's until gone. it's gone or something. <laughs> don't know what you got until it's gone. You know the song. Yep. <laughs> certainly do. So, you know, before we get into kind of the elephant in the room that's happened in the last couple of years with the pandemic, which really affected everything that we did, I want to put you two in a scenario where you're in front of a grade school classroom and you're going to do a presentation and before anything starts, a kid looks up at you and says, what do you two do for a living and how are you qualified to do it? How would you answer that? We author children's books just for you, tailored for you about money and you can talk about how we are qualified to do this. 
Well, there's a couple different things, I think, as far as you want to talk about qualifications. One is studying, obviously. You can go to school. You can learn about whatever subject it is and become educated through that. The other part of that, I think, is the experience. And sometimes what I found in college myself was that I had teachers or professors that were teaching me from books, but they had no experience in it. I went to school to be a dietitian, nutrition, and I used to battle with the teachers a lot because they would tell me something from a book, but I would tell them, hey, I've tried that, and that didn't work, you know, out in the field, out in actual life. And their, you know, argument to that would always be, well, this is what the book tells. This is what this teaches us. Um, so I always had a really hard time with that. So I think it's important to, you know, not, all, not only have some knowledge or some wisdom in a subject, whatever that may be in the industry that you're working in, but to have the experience as well, too. So with us, you know, we went through the experience of not only making good money, but losing it all and what that's like. So you can have compassion for people who are struggling. You can have compassion for people who are in debt up to their eyeballs because you've been there. So when you're trying to educate or teach somebody and then you're in a place where, you know, you pay cash for everything, you have no debt, you're, you know, living your dreams pretty much, then people who are struggling sometimes think that you can't relate to them. And so, you know, when we went through bankruptcy, not only did we lose everything, see our cars get towed off, uh, you know, we lost our place to live, we had no place to live, and even after that bankruptcy, I still had student loans and back IRS payments, and those aren't, you know, excusable through your bankruptcy. So I always say, you know, we didn't start on a level playing field like most people. We in, we started coming out of bankruptcy still in debt. And with that being said, you know, you while you're going through that process, you can't even have a bank account because the IRS will take the money out of that bank account. So I always tell people, if you have a place to live, if you have a car, if you have a job, if you have a bank account, if you have any of those things, then you're far ahead of where I was me and Angela were when we started, because that's where we started. We started the recovery or the rebuilding or the restoration process still underwater. So when you can tell people something like that, they think, okay, you know, <laughs> I do. I, I got a car at least or I got a job at least. It's, so I think it gives people hope. And then when you can share your experience of what then you did from that point on for the next 20, 25 years and how you did it, what things work, what things didn't work, then I think people will respect you quite a bit more and they're able to connect with you and to really listen and to learn, you know, whether it's the different principles, the money handling principles you used or, you know, the different types of ways that you learn from other people's experiences as well too, what you applied and what worked. So I'm curious for for the way that you live your life and, and what you do, how did COVID affect you and, and, I mean, how did you survive through it, and how did it change you now that we're kind of emerging and coming out of this pandemic? Well, I would like to back up just for one second, because you asked us before we started that piece what you would tell a kindergartner, like, looking up at you, like, yeah, why yeah. are you qualified? Yeah, yeah. We wrote these books for you because we were once broke, and now we're rich, and we're going to show you how we did it. <laughs> Right on. And, there you and, go. And, and the kids would love it. You would have a whole world <laughs> caring for you right now. Um, See, there we so go right there. That's, that's, I'm doing the logical backtracking, and then Angela's got just the one-liner. This is how we did it. <laughs> well, there you Yay! go. Yay! <laughs> exactly. And that's the yin and yang that, that you said makes everything work. 
And, you know, and, and with that in mind, obviously, you know, going from bankruptcy to money, talk to me a little bit about how you survived through the COVID period and, you know, how did it change you? Well, from a business perspective, um, back in 2008, 2009, when we had that whole economic downturn, we kind of readjusted, I guess, our business plan, if you would say. And so what we did is we got rid of corporate offices and different types of equipment and all the things that you'd have with normal business expenses. And we set up so we're going to have people where they're going to be independent contractors. They're going to work out of their house. They're going to kind of do the same thing that we're doing. So, um, you know, through that time period then and kind of rebuilding that business model, um, it really set us up when COVID hit from a living or a working position that it was no different for us because we were you know, working out of the house, we had our gym in our house, we had basically set up our household as like a one-stop shop for business, exercising, everything that we had going on in our, obviously, our personal life as well, too, and all of our people that work for us as well, too. So that wasn't really a change for us. I think, you know, the, the biggest change to adjust to, is like everybody did, was if you're in business, your phone wasn't ringing, your emails weren't coming in, it was just like ghost town, <laughs> you know. A global shutdown. What in the world? And, but that was really, yeah. you know, the, the turning point for us because Angela had been on me for probably over a year to write these books because I'd had the idea, you know, we talked about it, we I'd sketched out the different characters and stuff, and every time, when are you going to start writing those books? I always had an excuse, you know, how am I going to have time doing that? You know, all the things we have going on with the family, with the business, with, you know, our ministry, our foundation, everything, I don't have time. You know, there's always an excuse. And so when, when COVID hit, the first day we were out walking, because there's nothing else you could really do if you wanted to get outside but go walk, she said, so, when are you going to start those children's books? And I had absolutely no excuses. <laughs> and that was, that was really the turning point for us to, you know, kick off, get the books being written, and to start kind of this new uh, chapter as far as, you know, what we're actually doing through our foundation. But I would like to add, too, that, Right before COVID shut down, uh, we were teaching 10-week financial courses. Um, and that's a whole other testimony. Um, you know, my husband was asked to teach this, you know, through a pretty large, well-known church in Southern California. So it was like right after that. So we had, or he had put together all this awesome curriculum, and our students in class were having breakthroughs. They were getting miracles in their finances. They were having um, just supernatural increase, asking bring their children into class to learn supernatural principles because we were applying biblical teaching to your, your finances and how to have breakthrough. And during that time, you know, there was all this awesome content that he had that he just was teaching, you know, adults that wanted to teach their children. And so it was really a blessing during COVID because, like you said, you really had no excuse. He just took that information that was already on the inside of them and I just kept saying just throw up on paper it doesn't matter it doesn't have to be good just put it down I'll take it from there I'll you know help you get it out in the world and so that's what he did he just basically just started sketching and throwing up on paper and you know you just bring in the experts to make it super shiny and here we are so speaking of here we are all of this had to start in one place Take me back and take me the Norman Rockwell picture of you two meeting and how all of this began. <laughs> okay, I'll go with this one. 
Yeah, you're better at this one. So it all started in <laughs> Here we go, the creative story. <laughs> <Exactly>. 1998. <laughs> creative know, 1995 or 96 um, when we met. We met at a nightclub. And it was such as the room parted, you know, bum, 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 So the room parts, and I see this specimen of a man with a, oh a leather sleeveless vest on and all these big muscles because he used to be a bodybuilder. This short, spiky hair. I didn't even see his face. But the room stopped, and I went, oh. I was in my plastic skirt and my go-go boots. And I marched right on over to him, and I stuck my hand out, saw his face for the first time, and I was like, okay, this is, this is good. The whole package right here is good. I'm Angie. He's like, well, hello, Angie. I'm Charles. And that was it. Here we are. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, gosh, where'd you meet? And we're like, oh, we're in a nightclub. <laughs> we got divorced. Well, and you opened, didn't you open up a nightclub together? He did open up a nightclub. I was the girlfriend at the time he opened up the nightclub, and that was just another interesting lifestyle. I wrote a book about it. It's called Just Say No. Um, to what? You'll have to read it. But, yeah, that was a really interesting time in our life. We're not publishing that one. <laughs> We're not publishing that one. <laughs> that one's buried in the box somewhere, hopefully. <laughs> I didn't Absolutely. know I'm in the fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, so, it's everything no. the nightclub life brings, right? And so after yeah. that time is when we went bankrupt because we just didn't know how to manage our money. We didn't know how to handle finances. We didn't know how to communicate. There was just a lot of things. We just needed to learn how to work together to do. So obviously over time you gain wisdom and you use that wisdom to live a better way. But when you look back on that time period in the beginning and, and when you were kind of, you know, getting together in the beginning, do you miss anything or do you look at that and think, wow, I'm glad we survived that. This is where we are. How do you take the relativity of meeting in the beginning to where you are now? Glad that we survived that and glad we're not living that way anymore. <laughs> You know, one thing I've always taught my daughter in business is that, you know, when you make a mistake, it's okay. You learn from it and you move on. You don't beat yourself up over it. And the, the key, too, is the, not to make the same mistake again. Um, the other thing that I taught her is learn from my mistakes. Don't make the mistakes that I made, you know, so that you don't have to repeat those same type of things. So, you know, I think there's value in that, like I said, you know, earlier when you go through those circumstances and you have compassion for other people versus if you haven't really been there before, then you really don't know. Like, you know, you can have somebody, I think, teaching rehab for drug addicts that hasn't really experienced it before. You could, but I think there's just a whole different perspective on how to teach them, how to encourage them from when you've really been from there before. That's an so, empathy piece that... There was, we tried to take the bad and use it for good, basically. You know, turn those things around and, you know, not dwell and beat yourself up over them, but try to learn from them, move on, and then to be able to help other people through going through similar situations. Because you can go like, hey, this, that, same thing, that same thing happened to me. This is what I did. This is what I learned. And it's like it really speaks to them is what I found. So speaking of those grade school kids, you know, with you triumphantly saying, you know, I write books about, 
you know, being rich and all that, the kids are all happy and they're looking up to you as these role models. I'm asking you and turning the tables on you. Who would you consider role models or heroes in your life that have helped you get to where you're at right now? Well, the first one would definitely be, I mean, from Godly or from the church would be Creflo Dollar. That was the very first thing I did was, okay, I don't know how to handle money appropriately, so who in the church is teaching about money? And that was Creflo Dollar that we found. And then there's been a number of other uh, individuals, you know, throughout kind of, I guess, the, the walk of faith, if you will, different types of people that teach biblical finances. The other thing is, too, you know, we've got uh, advice from wealth management people that were, you know, attached to our parents, our parents who have done very well. And, you know, sometimes it's your parents telling you over over, hey, you need to save, you need emergency saving, you need to be investing, you need to be doing these things. And when you're you know, in your 20s, sometimes even your 30s, you think, I got the rest of my life. I don't yeah. need to save now. I don't yeah. need to invest now. It's like retirement. That's like, that's 100 years away, you know, and you just don't even want to listen sometimes to the people that are closest to you. So that was one of the main things, really, is just like opening my ears to my own parents, <laughs> you know, taking their advice and but, you know, we have another, a couple of other role models, you know, uh, you know, it's probably wealthy people. Elon Musk has been, you know, a big um, person that I have followed, just kind of some of his business principles and his models and some of the things that he's done, Richard Branson, um, obviously Warren Buffett as well, too. So, you know, really a, a lot of different people from not just from the church but from the worldly perspective as well, too, and just kind of taking and combining those things and then using you know, all the elements that have worked for them and applying those to your own life. To add to that, I would say to that kindergartner, if you don't listen to your dad, you're going to end up in the street. <laughs> you end up in jail. <laughs> end up in jail. You know, Curious George, Curious George went to jail. You know why? <laughs> he didn't listen. He's curious. <laughs> We're going to teach you how not to do that. Exactly, exactly. So, speaking of children's books, what was the what was the book that you both liked, respectively, growing up? A children's book or a book that really you go back to, or you always remember, you love so much. Mine was Dennis the Menace, and that explains everything. <laughs> <laughs> you end it right there. <laughs> I love that guy, man. He always had something curious going on. He always had was into something. I was just like, yeah, I love that guy. Listen to him. Oh my God! How did our marriage survive? I pray. That's all I can do. <laughs> how about you Angela what was yours mine was the giving tree yeah Excellent. you know in the end just the stump all he had to give was just a place to rest you know it was I don't know it just always stuck with me which is great because right now we're releasing our second book in our children's series which is giving is easy um, so it was a nice uh, segue it's in no way the same but um, giving was always a big, uh, I guess, trait of mine. Sometimes I always think, you know, can you overgive? I don't think you can outgive. You certainly can't outgive God. But uh, anyway, giving was, was my thing. So if you two could be transported right now to anybody on the planet to meet them, talk to them, be around them for a little bit, who would you love to meet and talk to that's alive right now on the planet? Gosh, that's a good question. Mine would be Elon Musk for sure. Gosh, that's a good question. Probably Bill Reeves, who is um, the 
he owns the Working Title Group. Um, he's the original um, distributor for Veggie Tales. Yeah. Um, you know, and just that journey of that huge IT of VeggieTales and where it went, and I think that would be uh, an awesome meeting, just understanding, because, you know, as we're plugging this IT in, you know, with Money Mike in the game, it has similar messaging and how he overcame just the Christian message, um, because, you know, sometimes there's, oh, it's a Christian book. Well, it's for everyone. It's not just, you know, even though it has Christian principles that back it up. Um, and how he navigated through that, because it, you know, it turned out to be very, very lucrative for them, and they sold hundreds of millions of copies. If there's anybody out there listening to this, or that know who you are and listen to, to, to podcasts where you're getting interviewed and follow you, and they're thinking, you know, I'm thinking I might want to do this. I might want to team up with my spouse and open up a venture, whether it's you know writing books or real estate or whatever it is. And you have the opportunity right now to give them one piece of advice that's helped you two strive and survive together. What would it be? Good luck, bud. <laughs> there you go. We'll be praying for you. All right. That's it. <laughs> no. I think kind of go back to, you know, where we started when you asked us, you know, how do you, how do you work together? And so I think the thing would be is to look at the value in the other person that they bring to the table, the things that you like about them, and not look at the negative things like they roll the toilet paper the different way or squeeze the toothpaste. You know, and from a business perspective, there's going to be a lot of things that are going to be like that as well too. So to look at the value and encourage that other one and their gifts and their talents and focus on that. Stick with it. Just stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. Keep going. Keep going. Don't get discouraged. Encourage one another. Keep going. You can do it. That's one thing I tell my daughter multiple times a week. Pull your bootstraps up and go to work today. That's it. You know, you got to be willing to grind and, you know, be, uh, I think what I found, you know, as far as success in sports that I've done with my daughter with her sports and with business is uh, reputation. You know, having, um, basically kind of uh, a schedule that is very similar day in and day out. It's repetitive. So you're getting up at the same time, you're doing some of the same things over and over and over, and that's what creates success sometimes, is just being repetitive and just grinding. She's a professional athlete. So what is that um, What is that thing, 10,000 swings or something like that? Well, and I just saw something that was borderline miraculous speaking of sports the other day. We just, my wife and I went on a whim to a Royals game and it was the second largest comeback in the history of their franchise. It was amazing. They scored like, oh, so exciting. it was 11 runs in one inning. We were both delirious. I oh still, my God. I still, I know I, at this point, and it may be the rest of my life, I have no idea how they pulled it off. They have a really bad team, and for some reason, all of these guys came together and scored 11 runs in one inning and beat this team. And it was the last home game. Everybody in that ballpark had no idea what we were stepping into. It was a moment of delirium. I never thought I would witness something like that. So, yeah, that's wow. it. It's the grind. And those guys believed in it, and it's, it's the yeah. future for them. So it's like they just didn't roll over. They went for it. It's cool when you can see that happen, you know. Um, I love that. It's in the same principle for like, you know, and if you're in the dumps or you're discouraged, just read those who have overcome. Like 
Formula 409. I mean, yeah, at 408, he could have stopped with that formulation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. <laughs> 409. Yeah. It's just, and there's so many other amazing stories like that of people that were told no. Like even, you know, J.K. Rowling, she's a perfect example. She kept hearing no, no, no. She was living out of her car, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and now look at her. I'm yeah, well, I mean, look at the the person that invented penicillin. I think the mold grew on an orange on accident. So ch that, just there, right there, one of the right. biggest killers of potential potentially wiping out human beings was a total accident in a petri dish. Something you just said that just stuck out to me. You said when you went to the game, you didn't have any idea of what you're stepping into. Like you know, you never expected to be probably one of the most miraculous sporting events that you've ever attended and possibly ever, you know, and it's like, yeah. what an experience, you know, but I think from a business perspective, you've got to kind of look that same way, you know, you, like I was saying earlier, you just keep grinding, you keep believing, you keep working because you don't know it could be a minute, it could be an hour, it could be the next day that your breakthrough comes, that you get that opportunity, you're in the right place at the right time. The, you meet the right person. It's like, hey, I've been looking for something just like this for a lot of years. Uh, this is exactly what I'm looking for, and somebody gives you a chance. Like that door swings open. So never know. So you just keep going and keep going and keep believing. That's the thing that I think I realized the most about interviewing jazz musicians. And you know, you hear the word improv, and it's like, okay, improvisation. I get it, but. It really, truly is the way they live. They, th these were artists that were made for a pandemic. They always are thrown into the unknown, and they have to make it look good and sound good, you know? And that's just kind of the way life is, and they are practitioners of that. They don't go in ever sounding the same way twice, and they just really go in with the idea that they're going to mold just being alive into something that people will remember. And there, there's something to be said about that. Um, I love sure. that. It's almost like in life creating your own jam session, right? Yeah. You harmon um you just flow with your yeah. partner and you just create new music together. I was down at the dump. But now I'm not. <laughs> That's it. This kid's home to your parents and shout for joy because <laughs> okay. money Mike in the game. <laughs> Musical talent is not one of Emily Yeah, you had no idea that you were going to be uh, in, in a music spotlight. Maybe you have another career right there, you know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, my dad is a drummer for a blues band, so uh, his I'll put a plug in for his band is the GGB, Gills Garage Band. Uh, cool. I grew up with my dad, the drummer, and playing, you know, percussion, shaking the maracas, and that was about as far as my talents went with music, <laughs> yeah. but I, I was a dancer. Yeah, you're real good at shaking it. <laughs> there you Ooh. go. Singing not so much. Shaking my finger, no. <laughs> we all have our we all have our talents. So speaking yeah. of talent, you know, yeah. you you two know each other probably better than anybody else. So I'm I'm curious, what is it that each of you respectively know about each other? that maybe the world doesn't realize, something really good about who you are that the outside world may not understand. Silence. <laughs> yeah. Radio silence. Um, I'll start. That my husband has a heart of compassion that takes 
a time to actually pray for people in a really profound way uh, and get awesome testimonies. I think just his heart for other people. Because even on the outside, you would think, oh, gosh, this guy's so critical. But it's actually the exact opposite. I would say with Angela's uh, a work, work ethic of just how hard she works all the time. Because I think sometimes people can see the fruit of what you've done. You know, you've been successful in business. You live in a nice neighborhood. You drive a nice car. You, you know, they can see the fruit. They can see what's been produced. What they don't see, they don't see behind the scenes, you know, the hard work. Like I think about my daughter when she wins a tournament or something. People say, oh, look how great that is. But they don't understand the work that you're getting up before dark and going to bed at dark and all those things that you're doing behind the scenes. And to me, that's an encouragement to me because it's like, I don't want to be outworked by a girl. So, you know, <laughs> it's encouraging me. It's like, like I was saying, i got to pull my own bootstraps up, you know. So I think just the, the work ethic that she has is uh, just very remarkable. Thank you, Ben. So if anybody out there wants to pick up your books and learn more about you, anything related to your world, where's the best place for them to go? To our website, todworldwide.org. It's got uh, links to all of our uh, different mentors and people that we've talked about earlier, you know, who are the people who have encouraged us. It has links to all the books which are being sold off of Amazon. It's got links to go to our YouTube channel, The Abundant Life. So pretty much anything that we're doing through our foundation is on that website. Or they can go straight to moneymikeandthegang.com, and that will just give you lots of detailed information on the books, why the books, why read the books. You know, and of course, Amazon. They can type in Angela or Charles Todd, and money is easy, giving is easy, or anything like that, and it will pop up right on Amazon. Wonderful. Angela, Charles, thank you very much for taking some time out today. Good luck with the next book and everything that you do from here on out. I appreciate your time. Thank you. We appreciate you as well. Thank you. And you too. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, business, literature, and music around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. Mm-hmm.